Good morning. It's 3.57. Thursday, the no agenda day morning. It's an almost crescent moon. It's getting smaller and smaller. Cloudy. But it's not as cold as it was yesterday. I guess because of the snow last night. Um, it raised the temperature, if that makes any sense. <clears throat> I got a fresh cup of coffee. for a morning walk, you and me, my listener and I. <sighs> Yesterday I talked to Sir Seatsitter, Seat Sitter, who has been doing a great job on his podcast. He's been editing, working on audio quality and sound and music. He's a music guy. And he's gotten some great guests. And he's getting more guests. So congrats to Sir Seat Sitter, and he might be joining us tomorrow, or Sunday. So, that's good. I am, uh, just astounded what's going on with Google. I mean, I'm not astounded, because we knew people who listen to this show know that Google is the enforcement arm of the Democrat Party, which appears to be the enforcement arm of the Chinese Communist Party. And, um, I'm sure there's some really good people who are Democrats and who voted Democrat, but there's some really bad shit that they're doing over there on Team China or Team Loki. And, um, They're starting to really censor people on YouTube. Luckily, we're not on YouTube. We're also not living off of this podcast. What have we got? So, <clears throat> we're not living off of this podcast. So, um, God, I'm just thinking about so many things. Okay, so here's my points. Number one, as I said, big tech is doing the behest of political party of its advertisers and um, you can go listen to the Senate hearings and you'll hear Chuck Schumer actually asking Google to censor hate speech but as we know on this podcast hate speech is just a blanket term for everything that the Chinese Communist Party and the Muslims don't like. It's just hate speech. Whatever it is, they don't like it, it's hate speech. Because anything that you do besides surrender and lie on the floor and beg for your life is hate speech. 
just so you know, because you are the enemy. Because you're a fascist. It's obvious. I know that's a hard pill to swallow. <clears throat> but either you are a fascist because you're not a communist. You might think you're a communist, but you're not completely under their control. You're not a communist, complete and utter slave. You know, just having a uh, a Russian communist flag doesn't make you a communist. You also have to be totally controlled by the party. <clears throat> And if you're not a communist, then obviously you're against them and you're a fascist. I mean, it's pretty simple. So, and if you try and fight and like talk back, well, that obviously makes you a belligerent communist, a belligerent fascist. Okay, so once we got that clear, then, I mean, you can listen to, you can listen to my past episodes, and I don't have an index right now, but... None of this is surprising. And Alex Jones is a freak. And he's a loud mouth and all that. But he does that. His audience is tuned into him. Uh, I bring you some from the New Books Network. You know, information from the elite for the elite, and it may be hard to interpret, I try and interpret some of it for you, and give you the raw deal, but he makes it simpler, you see, but he's, he's right that they write about this stuff, and they talk about it, and um, if you study the book on mass, in, with the episode on the Chinese vaccines, you know, you'll see that it's a weapon of war, if you study on my episode on censorship, you'll see the communist censor. So, the fact that um, Google is doing the bidding of one party or the other, it's taking sides, and it's implementing the censorship, well, hey... Didn't it start with WikiLeaks being censored and defunded, and now they're just defunding anyone and everyone who they don't like? Wasn't it Bush trying to defund WikiLeaks at the time? Is it, isn't this the Uniparty that's trying to control everything as people who have knowledge of the situation? would say, you know, shouldn't we be wary of any political party overreaching any of their powers for whatever reason, for the very simple fact that any party overreaching that's accepted will automatically turn into the party that you don't like overreaching. You know, first they came for the one-legged, <clears throat> disabled, you know, 
pumpkin carvers and no one cried, then they came for you. You know, first they went after Wikipedia. Well, first they went after the right, right-wing radicals and people denying elections. And next they're going to go after people denying vaccines. And the next they're going to go after people who are belligerent fascists and of any form. And you may ask, why do I include these clips of the best of the left? Well, hello, you have to listen to them. And that includes you people who have knowledge of the situation, because you also have to have knowledge and understanding of the left, how they see things. They're talking yesterday. On yesterday's show, we, I just threw that clip in the end of... Um, lady talking about Trump, she said she studied fascist dictators, and she said that Trump is a strong man who lives by bullying and insulting, and that um, he won't give up. Well, you know, maybe some of this is also projection, okay? I mean, have you ever thought that they are projecting just a little bit? I mean, who knows the facts? But it seems the one who's being a bully right now is Google. Okay? Like, they decided in 2016 that big tech helped swing the election, and that they're going to be have four years to prepare, and look what they did. And now they're being the Google. They're being the uh, bully. And who didn't want to let go of power? You know, wasn't it Obama and Team Biden, Team Loki, that didn't want to let go of power? And we're just going to throw them all together. In 2016, they said the election was completely in the bag. They already had the magazines printed up. Well, don't they have the magazines printed up already? And have you guys heard about this Texas lawsuit? And don't you realize that after this Texas lawsuit, there's going to be another lawsuit and another lawsuit until someday there's an actual investigation and actual evidence being presented? I mean, there hasn't been a court case. Right now, it's been a big fight over not seeing the evidence and not having a time in court. It's a question of standing and of jurisdiction and relevance. And we can see how this whole system was put together. <clears throat> Systems of powers and checks and balances. And that system is being tested right now. And um, I'm not saying that Orange Man Strong is right or wrong. I mean, if he's wrong, we don't want to grant him any. We don't want to grant him any power that could be used by the other team in the future, even if we think 
that he's going to protect us now, giving of your rights and opening the gates of hell. Um, you have to realize how that, that could be used against you. Now, <clears throat> so this is where we get into, I was just browsing the bit shoots and the crazy stuff. And boy, I love my crazy stuff. I love outlandish theories and all that. As entertainment. But I don't like believing in them. I don't like believing in much, to be honest. But um, they're talking about warships being deployed on the coasts, preparing for a war with China. They were talking about America, California, leaving the Union and having the Chinese invasion or the UN protectorate forces. I mean, well, I'm on the East Coast, so I guess that's going to um, put me on the border. <clears throat> but I'm far away from, enough from the cities, the big cities, and maybe I'll have time to escape to the bunker to make it across the bridge in time on my little donkey yeehaw oh speaking about donkeys I had some great gypsy music I searched for Romanian dances remix and I found this remix of Bella Bartok and this album that produces this label that produces them it's just insane was listening to Hungarian, Romanian and Hungarian gypsy music last night. It's such a treat. All right. Hey, well, that was my rant. I actually had something to say. I hope you enjoyed it. And um, <clears throat> I'll send this over to Chicken Jar so he can get ready for the show. We'll see what happens. Okay, segment two. Well, Mark, I was just listening to Mark Levin show, and he is out for the day. And he was his backup guy was reading a good article saying there's no election month. And he's presenting his case that the state legislator legislation of the state is responsible for conducting the presidential elections not the Supreme Court not the Secretary of State and not the governor that there's no clause for pandemic and it seems to me that this pandemic is just so convenient that people talk about um, martial law being pulled in by the right, but isn't, the, isn't it the left who have the most egregious martial law? Isn't it Albania who shot that kid, that guy who went out after 10 p.m. at night? 
linked in the show from yesterday. So, yeah, damn. The, um, the whole issue was pretty crazy. But, um, they're saying that the case from Texas is based completely on law. It has nothing to do with evidence. I mean, sure, you could say that records of law is evidence. That's like saying statements of logic are evidence. In a logical system, all the statements are considered at once. You're not introducing them as evidence to be evaluated. Make sure you can consider them individually, one by one. But the point is, is that logic is logic and law is law. And a legal or constitutional argument is not the same as a fraud argument. Because all of the actions of our governors and secretaries of state and um, the judicial teams are audited and recorded and part of a legal framework that is... um, legal framework that is um, that's there I mean it's a legal framework it's uh, basically like a programming language or logic you have transactions and all that and um, we're not worried about fraud in that respect because every order every decision made is part is documented it's part of the uh, bureaucracy and the paperwork and all that which gives you transparency so <clears throat> no on this podcast we got lots of transparency oh my god but we don't have that high level well, we're not going to talk about our podcast today it is what it is and that's it. It is what it is, people. And um, we have a few listeners. I think we're up to we were up to ten, and we lost one, so we're down to nine, according to Spotify stats. But that's better than the two or four that we're at. So hey, I appreciate everyone who listens. <clears throat> and um, you know. We're not asking for money. I'm just sharing my walk with you. And that's it. I'm going to go for my walk no matter what. Enough said. I'm not going to belabor the point. Now, I'm going to... uh, Sorry, I'm walking up a hill here. I'm going to do a uh, cut. And then do the next segment for you ask me a question. Okay, so this is for people who have knowledge of the situation. Also, people familiar with the situation. So people who have knowledge of or are familiar 
with the situation. Um, so Papa Kilo, Foxtrot, Whiskey, Sierra, or Whiskey Kilo. Sierra. That guy. Sir Psyops. Thanks for all your feedback. I do appreciate it. And we do listen to our listeners and we do adjust our behavior so that we can deliver the personalized experience just for you. Because we're such a small community, we gotta stand up for each other, you know? To grow our podcast which is really a community thing. I mean, if I thought that I was alone, okay, fine. I could be like Captain T. Kirk, Captain's Log, Stardate, blah, blah, blah. Yesterday, the spaceship blew up, but it was quite glorious. I mean, it almost landed. That was pretty freaking amazing. And I guess I can just do another one. just do another one because as we know your rocket may be expendable but the party is eternal your life may be ephemeral but the party is eternal just don't forget that that's what we learned from Enver Hoxha our beloved communist leader from Albania who they're still celebrating today because he is eternal. Okay, so your question was about open source, open source, and people not wanting to work with each other. So, and this is where my experience, my experience in companies where people are being paid to work on something is um, a lot of, um, there's always going to be a certain amount of rejection or alienation of someone else's ideas. And let's just start by saying that every bit of software code is in the end just some logic, just some symbols that's unfamiliar and alien to you. And this whole podcast has been talking about this particular topic, which is how do we understand software? What is the interface between the mind and the software? What does it mean to understand anything? And I've come up with the theory that it's beauty and aesthetics that guide the human's understanding of things. That if an idea is not beautiful, then we are going to reject it. So it's really a question of beauty 
and how to sell people on the beauty of your code and these are like human level problems not even code problems so it's really a management issue or an organizational issue not really a programming issue because people have an inhibition and unless they're all on the same team or see this is why big open source projects have like coding standards and review boards and they have like star programmers and see the star programmer see this is where it really if you don't have a killer project a killer product that has been brought into the world by one person or one person who's able to convince other people to help him somehow like if that is that singular person doesn't have the skills to bring something into the world at least something that other people can try out and see then it's going to basically fail like you're not going to create half a program that doesn't work and get someone else to sign on to it it's just not there's just too many of those projects and I am the author of some of those as well because you have to learn you have to learn this lesson because it's not about the code it's about the beauty and other motivational factors like money but beauty could also be just the amazingness of how it runs or the friendliness of the user interface or something that you can directly experience and gives you a positive feedback if you're confronted by a horribly complex user interface then that just means more code for you to understand and understanding code is a painful process and you need a point where you can dock in and say oh I understand that I can relate to that <clears throat> so that's where um, I have reached on my podcast here and you can listen to it and I've documented all the steps on how I've reached this conclusion and it also comes down to the left and right brain and I talked about left being creativity and right being logic. Well, we find out that it's more than that. And I also question that myself. But the guy, the researcher on left right brain, who I did some episodes on, he also is very in tune with my thinking. It's the interplay between the different parts and there's a massive amount of inhibition that's involved in these brains where communication is inhibited they said the humans have more inhibition than anything else and it's that inhibition that needs to be overcome it's the inhibition that needs to be overcome
and um, this inhibition is um, is is what you're facing. It's like people are inhibited. They have a hundred million reasons why they don't like this. They don't like that. They can't overcome their own internal inhibitions, you know, to work with each other or to communicate. And that's where you need, and that's where you need the, um, the beauty and the simplicity is what overcomes that. And because it is something that you can attach to, that you can experience directly, you don't need to have um, any symbolic processing. So you need some kind of base level direct experience to connect with something. Okay, so that's kind of like where my theory is. And then on the open source teams, I mean, as I said, you need to have one strong leader and, you know, you also have to know that putting together a team is not going to work. Like, you can't just put, get eight people to work together. You need to find one person who's going to work on something, who can bring it forward. And then you can add in people. That's how open source teams work. Unless you're paying them. You know, and people sitting around complaining, it's just going to be like, well, you're not paying me enough. Right? That's also the inhibition. It's like, now don't work for too cheap, kids. You know, like, why should they overcome their inhibition for you? Right? What's the motivation? So this is all about leadership. Um, Jocko, that guy who uh, I sent you that good lecture from, would say that it's just a failure in leadership. Definitely worth listening to. And he'd be like, oh, your project failed? Good. Time to, gives you a chance to learn how to do it better. So yeah, um, that's the state of my thinking right now. And, um, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk some more. Okay, I'll send you this also as a voicemail. I'm putting it on the podcast. 11 minutes. Here we go. All right. Welcome back to the show. Just check checking out the news. Listen to some podcasts. I do like uh, Tim Pool, even though people reject him. People who have knowledge of the situation don't like Tim Pool. Because he's a lefty. And I'd like to explain my view on the left-right dichotomy and getting caught up in it. <clears throat> I, I believe that we have to listen to both sides of the situation, as I mentioned before. And we have to hear out the arguments of the commies. Because they have valid arguments most of the time. I mean, it's twisted, and their conclusions are, of course, 
mostly destroy America and overthrow the system and all that. But that doesn't mean that their arguments are invalid. Sometimes their arguments are invalid, but it's important to understand the logical fallacies involved so you can understand how people think and have some compassion for them. We should have compassion for everybody on the left and the right because they're all humans. We should avoid dehumanizing people. You could have 10 people at a table and have them all living in different bubbles, reality tunnels, all having incompatible memes hosted in their brains, fighting against each other. And it's not their fault, so to say, that they're human and that they have memes infecting their brains, because we all do. So celebrate your diversity of memes, celebrate your stupidity, and show some compassion for the next man. Because we're all just flawed computers in some form, not computers, but humans. So that might be a Christian angle on things, or a religious, or I like to say Buddha taught me that. Compassion meditation. And, um, oh, my phone is beeping at me. Let's see what super important messages I'm getting here from the beepers. Let's see. Who's beeping at me? Oh, let's see what Chicken Jar has to say. Yeah, looks like Mr. Chicken can't join us. That's okay. Need some time off. Not everyone is as dedicated to the cause as I am. But hey, I'm going for my walk. I'm doing some shopping. You know what I'm saying? This is my life here happening. And you're welcome to join it. You are welcome to join me. And show some compassion for me too. You know? Have some patience with your, with your friends and family. Even if they're on the wrong side of the fence. Even if you think that they're believing the wrong things because, you know, how do you know what is true? How do you know what is right and wrong? On what basis do we make these decisions? Okay, and even if you see that they're obviously just copping out taking drugs and watching cat videos, you know, even then, show some compassion for them, because that could be you too. And how do you catch yourself? How do you pull yourself out of the hole? It's kind of like a depression, really. It's a tunnel. It's called the reality tunnel. And you get stuck in there. And how do you get out of a tunnel? How do you see through to the other side? <clears throat> how do you question your assumptions? Well, I think the first thing is decide what's important. Decide what really is real and what really matters to you. 
and you'll find... Now, this is where she brought up a very good point on the leftist show yesterday, that the authoritarian strongman is always campaigning, constantly on battle with something, for fear of losing power. And question yourself, are you always campaigning? Are you always fighting some, some foe? And if so, think about that for a moment. Take a step back. You know, reflect on that. Disengage for a little bit. And said, what if I don't fight today? Is the world going to end? Who am I really fighting? Am I that guy just posting garbage that no one wants to look at? Am I really reaching out to people? Am I really making a difference in people's lives? You know? What about the people who I live with? The people who care about me? Am I making their life better? The people who I interact with? How am I being positive? So, these are just some things to think about, you know, on the topic of being social and human, compassionate. And I see that politics is very partisan. And uh, we have the uniparty, as some people say. We have the left-right dichotomy. We have the the peasants and the aristocrats. We have all types of dichotomies, all types of dialectics, all kinds of fights between different power groups. And everyone sees themselves as right. But how do we know that we're right? Now, we could say that the Constitution is what we believe in and we are sworn to uphold. We've sworn allegiance to the flag and the republic for which it stands. The Constitution that binds it together. So that gives us at least something to stand on. But what about the people who don't have that in other countries? Can we at least have a little bit of compassion for them? How do they know that we're right. You know? What gives us the justification over them? Okay. These are things to think about. And I'm going to go some, do some shopping. Oh, wait. i got another ten minutes. we got another ten minutes. Another ten minutes. Ten, ten, ten. Because the store opens at 6 o'clock. I guess I'm too early. I guess I could just sit down and relax for a little bit.
Make sure I'm not sitting next to human feces in the open toilet known as shop right. Like last time. That was pretty damn rude. How many times have you heard me sit on this podcast? And the reason why we should show compassion is also for selfish reasons. And I'll tell you why. Because we have to also clear our minds and have less drama in our own mind. Constantly being in a state of fight and flight is going to also cause us stress. We need to just take a sit sit back and disengage. Right brain, left brain. If we're constantly in a fight, then we're also going to be constantly activating our right hand, left brain. We need to also spend some time massaging our left hand, right brain, which is the overview, the strategy, the not being engaged in things. So disengage for a while and, and, and try and try and float around a little bit. And even just if you can't do it immediately, if you're stuck, just let it go. Just let it go. Imagine imagine if you were sleeping. You're not fighting when you're sleeping, are you? You gotta take some time off. Don't you have some time to sleep? You know, imagine you're on vacation. Do you ever go on vacation? Need some time off from the fight? Do you ever let down your guard one minute, one second? Or will the, the, the evil people sneak in the night and come get you? So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. You gotta sleep sometimes. And you gotta have a little bit of trust in the world. Trust the system. Trust the plan. And I know, I remember when Obama got in power, and I was actually happy at the time. I'm like, finally getting rid of Bush. I didn't realize how bad he would be. But no matter what, You know, he didn't destroy America. Maybe he loosened it up a little bit. But that's just life. You know, that shit happens. All right. Another 51. Oh, we got another 10 minutes. Good morning. Good morning. <coughs> Let's see if my phone is working. You know, I'm just going to put this on hold for now. I think I've made my, my point. Love y'all. See ya. I'll be back in a later segment.